hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, and welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast, an adulting advice podcast production. I'm Danny Sheriff, and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. And quick disclaimer, guys, I'm not a doctor and none of the information in this podcast is intended to replace medical advice. Always seek the advice from your physician. Before we jump in, guys, I wanted to share with you about a live webinar I'm going to do on the 15th of November. So that is the day that the HA Society is reopening. So if you want to join the HA Society, it's only going to be open for enrollment for four days. So Hop on the waitlist. The link is in the show notes of this show or go to waitlist.hapodcast.com. But on that day, I'm going to do a live webinar because I just love making stuff and I want to meet you guys in person or face to face at least, not quite in person. But I want to, you know, put faces to the names of the little downloads that I see on the back end of the podcast. And in this webinar, I'm going to be talking about overcoming the fear of quitting exercise and eating more. 
in it, I'm going to talk about directly about the fears that we have around reducing our exercise and increasing our food intake. And I'm going to address a bunch of your concerns and not just talk about the reasons that you want to take action, but actually talk about some of the reasons that you haven't even thought about yet. There's some that are near and dear to my heart that I really want to share with you. And, you know, the more reasons to recover, the better, right? So I'm also going to talk about, at the end, getting the courage to share your story and get the support that you need. And I'm going to open the floor to a Q&A about the topics that we discussed in the, in well, really, whatever, any topics about HA, I'm going to open up a Q&A. And we're also going to chat about the HA Society for a little bit if, if anyone has questions about it before joining. So yeah, that's that. Head to the link in the show notes to register for the webinar to get reminders. It's happening on the 15th. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast, the hardest podcast to say on the internet. We are joined today by Sam or Samantha Kelgren. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. I'm so far like 10 for 10 in on the fly getting people's last names right. (laughs) That's stressful. (laughs) I always forget to ask. So Sam is, I mean, I'm going to just let her take the mic and talk to us about both what she does to help women in the HA community and also to share her story. And we're going to go down the rabbit hole, a couple rabbit holes probably, and ask a couple listener questions that I have had piled up in my inboxes. So welcome to the show, Sam. Yay. Thanks for having me. And I love a good rabbit hole. <laughs> I know. Everyone does. It's like, yeah, just the more tangents needed. A lot of the information at the moment on podcasts is great, but um, those podcasts aren't specialized in this subject. So they talk really high level a lot of the time about HA. And I'm just yeah. excited to dive into everyone's like favorite tangents about HA. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm happy that it's not like me coming on here explaining what HA is. It's like the space of like, okay, we all know why we're here. (laughs) Like, Let's get to the point of it. Yeah. Only a few episodes have I gotten people to really talk about what it is. And I mean, maybe we'll get you to do like a quick high level of like what it is. What is wrong with my story? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, tell us about you, what you do and and go for it. Yeah. So, you know, I say on, on paper, what I, what I put in my, you know, my resume um, is, you know, I'm a health and mindset coach, but that really doesn't tell like what people get from working with me. Um, Mainly I help women transform and I help them transform from a rigid kind of controlling their body standpoint through, through food, through fitness um, and get to one of, I don't even want to say acceptance, but more appreciation, appreciation for themselves and who they are and how they can use food and fitness to be their best self with flexibility, without turning down social invites, without feeling an obligation to get to the gym, to go for a run, Um, but truly doing things that moving in ways that they enjoy, eating in ways that they enjoy and um, being happy with how their body looks when they're doing that. I love how there's this, Error of um, just like reality or realisticness to what you're saying. You people on the internet, and like it's totally fine, but people are like free yourself from the chains of diet culture and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it sounds like you're a little bit like, yes, I mean you you love that message, but you're like, let's all just let's calm down. <laughs> Let's calm down and let's take like a realistic approach because I know that this is hard. I know it's not as simple mm. as keeping 
all of those mindsets out the door and just starting from scratch. So I love it. Thank you. Totally. And I think that it's, you know, it, releasing, you know, being free from diet culture. Yes. My God, I love that message. But if you get too deep into it and too opposing, you're creating new chains of, you know, I shouldn't want to run. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be upset if I gain weight, you know, and it's, it's okay. It's okay to want to move. It's okay to want to change your body, even as long as it's coming from that place of appreciation and, um, you know, not, not blocking out everything else. If it is, Hey, let's see if I sign up for this race, what happens instead of I'm going to do this race and I'm going to hit this time and I'm going to lose this weight. Like it's totally different, even though you're doing the same workout, right? It's a completely different way to come about it. Yeah, I mean, it's already we're to our, my one of my first favorite tangents, which is <laughs> you can't, you know, rely on replacing one super polarizing belief with another super polarizing belief, which wow. is like, oh my gosh, I was so obsessed with with dieting and weight loss, and now I'm completely obsessed with burning it to the ground. It's like right, right, yeah. it's that middle ground, and because either way, you're you're you know pigeonholed and and this focus on the same things. It's still a focus on body, on food and fitness. But, you know, what I tell God, everyone I, not even work with, just everyone I talk to about this is that you're not trying to replace it. You're not trying to replace those thoughts and that energy that you spent for, you know, years, decades even on the perfect workout and all this stuff. You're trying to widen that lens. Like you're trying to open up your life, not pigeonhole it in one other way you know it's like what else am I interested in that has nothing to do with diet culture in any way (laughs) yeah and like what can I take from that experience that I had that was good so that I don't feel like I just made nothing but one huge mistake like for me you know I did learn a lot about food and like what's in my food and understanding you know healthy macronutrient profiles and how to create balanced meals I just like took it too far but I still got something from it and so how can I like step back a bit and find that you know I I overshot how can I come back into my set point (laughs) exactly it's finding your set point is not um it's not completely reversing it right it's not flipping it over it is like scaling it back like let me inch it back to when I first got into this and how excited I was there instead of 10 years down the road and how can I like God, just not make not make food the enemy in either way, right? You don't have to eat donuts and French fries at every meal to prove that you're anti-diet culture. Mm. The whole anti-diet culture, really the best message it comes from is if you want something that you has been labeled as not healthy, that it's okay to eat it. But that doesn't mean you have to eat it. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, there's no French fries. It's okay. There's no moral value to to any food Mm -hmm. and you can do it if you want you just understand the facts behind like what this food is doing for my body versus what this one is and making decisions based on many factors yes (sighs) (laughs) okay okay so what back back to (laughs) we're off to a good start (laughs) yeah yeah Back to back to you, um, what you do and, and your story here. <laughs> yeah, yes. So I mean, how I got really into this whole whole thing, my kind of journey with HA and, and why I work with it now, um, why it's kind of it's 
it's, it's my people I feel like I found is I started off doing <clears throat> run coaching and personal training. Um, I fell in love with running. I still love to run. Um, I was coaching a lot of first time marathoners and loved answering their questions about like their fears around running a distance that they've never run. How can they feel properly for it? Um, and I loved it. But I got to the point where it wasn't just running to run. It was, I need to hit 30 miles a week or I need to be always signed up for a race. Um, and that is where that kind of started to shift from, hey, I still love this, but do I love all aspects of it? Um, I was on the pill for like 13 years. So I don't know when I lost my period. I, I have no idea. It could have been the first marathon. Hell, it could have been a half marathon. Um, but after my seventh marathon, full marathon, I came off of it ready to get pregnant and had no, no period at all. <laughs> um, many of you have probably done the ProVera challenge. I did that twice, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. And was sent to a fertility specialist. And the frustration there was he never said AJ. He said, you probably need to put on some body fat, you know, take your running down a notch. But without that term of this is a condition and this is what it is. I didn't have that full picture. It was like, okay, I know that running could be impacting this. I know that I need to put on some body fat, but not seeing that like, what is an overall energy deficit? How does that play out? Like not just eating more, you know, but what all is going on? How is it suppressing hormones? You know, why is my period not here? Um, you wanted to know not just like the solution, but why this was actually yeah, happening. Yes, why and and I didn't get the name for it until like we were to IVF. So I cut back because I did understand that my running was impacting it. I cut from 30 miles a week, you know, my, my dedicated 30 miles a week to about 10. Um, but I was still running. I put on a little weight, but it was really slow. And I actually, I think I heard it from a different practitioner that I met at an event. Um, and she mentioned hypo. I was like, what is that? She's a hypothalamic amenorrhea. We didn't talk much about them, but of course I'm going home and Googling everything. <laughs> talk about rabbit hole. Um, and it was like, oh yes, yes, yes. That's me. That's me. That's me. Um, and we continued going down IVF, but I made these changes. I stopped running before our transfer that actually worked. Um, and really worked on my mindset around it. And I think that, you know, I didn't run through my whole pregnancy. It, it is for anyone out there listening. It is safe to run through pregnancy if you're in a space to do that. But I knew that I needed that break to prove to myself that I don't have to run to, mm -hmm. to enjoy my life, <laughs> to be friends with the friends that I'm friends with, even though they run, you know, all of that to find my identity. Um, so I'm really glad that I took that break. I came back to running um, but it's in a different way. It's in a totally different way. And so that is these women I want to work with because it's not just, um, and we'll probably talk on this later, but it's not just the, uh, the, what you need to do, but it's more the how, because my doctor can say, anyone can say, look, this is hypothalamic amenorrhea, right? The hardest thing to say, this is HA. <laughs> um, you need to back off intense exercise and gain some weight. You can know that, but like doing it is a thousand percent different. It is figuring out how to do that for you that, like we said, does not cause more stress because if this is your routine, hey, running is who I am. This is my routine throughout the week. This is what I've been doing for a decade. Like to turn that off is 
very challenging and unsettling and and upsetting, especially at a time if you're trying to get pregnant, right? Right. (laughs) That that is your end goal, much less get a period. So I really, you know, was like, okay, I need to work with women um, just to spread awareness that that is a this is a thing that we don't always have to push ourselves. Um, But how to make it work for you so you can slowly back down and feel comfortable and safe um, doing that and knowing that this is the right thing. How can we make it feel right in my schedule? (laughs) Right. And I'm curious when you say like you really wanted to just prove that you didn't to yourself that you could just not run. um, What, what is that mindset for you? Like what was it that really made you want to prove that to yourself? I felt like, I'm hanging on to the, this running. I mean, yes, I like running, but there was a fear in the background of how will my body change? How much weight will I gain if I don't run? And I was never overweight. I was very underweight. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. I was underweight. Um, but it was this fear of if I totally let this go um, and don't try to control this and do cardio in any way, what's going to happen to my body? Am I going to like it? Um, I was seen as the runner. I mean, people described me as, oh, she runs. (laughs) She runs a lot. Yeah. You know, it was this impressive thing of, oh my God, you know, um, I could never do a marathon and all this stuff like that. And it was like, who am I without that? If that, if that's not there anymore, like a, what's going to happen to my body, what will it look like? And what's my thing now? Like, what's my thing? (laughs) Um, and you don't really realize you believe in it so much until you're like, oh, if I get rid of this, if I'm not signing up for races, if I'm not going to run group, if I'm not training, then what am I, what is my day? Like that was what what my day was, you know, that was the schedule. So I needed to kind of get rid of it to rediscover all of these other things. Okay, cool. So talk to me about what you ended up discovering. Yeah, well, it, for one, it resulted in a healthy transfer and my son is now two and a half. Um, but I really was just looking at things I was turning down, places, areas in my my routine that I was really rigid. Um, I just thought of the other day, and this kind of illustrates what I'm talking about, is, um, you know, I would have a plan of this is what I'm making for dinner. I counted calories. I haven't counted calories in a couple of years now. Um, here in Asheville, we live next to a retired chef, and he has a awesome pizza oven that he made in his backyard and makes delicious pizzas. And it was like midweek, you know, my kind of rule before was, you know, we only eat out on the weekends. Like if we're going to eat out, it's going to be once it's going to be on a weekend. Um, I'm in control of everything else during the week, you know, and I had dinner ready that I was going to make. And I come downstairs and my husband says, Hey, you know, we got invited like to go next door. He's got the pizza oven up doing good pizza before that would have been like, that's not my plan. I, I know what I'm making. I know the calories on it. This isn't so much unknown and this is so sudden. And instead I come down this just like, Oh my God, that sounds awesome. I'll just make this tomorrow. Oh my God. How much easier. <laughs> it sounds so small, but I knew that's where you were going to go. <laughs> yes. I have the same experience and you yes. get, this op- you get to actually be in that moment and be like, mm-hmm. Whoa, who am I? <laughs> That we can have these last minute plans and I'm the easy person now that's like, 
Let's do it. Cool. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Let's, oh, I, I got this stuff out, but we can go and make something else. I, and there are people listening right now, and this is important. Like, this is such a pro. You don't even know that we, we think that we're just like that. We have no idea that, that that rigidity and that inability to be flexible and that anxiety that's caused by last-minute plans changing, especially around our food and training regimes, we don't realize that that's not actually who we are. Yes. And that's like self-made over time by these habits we've put in place because we've been told, hey, you know, a successful woman in society is very rigid and she gets everything done by following this schedule. And, you know, we've listened to all these podcasts and we've read all these books about discipline and like getting it done and how the most effective people do their stuff. And so now we're so trained to that, that we forget what it's like to be like just going with the flow. To do what you want. Yes. And and I think the reverse of that, when we look at anti-diet culture stuff, the reverse of that is um, the fear of if I give up this control that I have, oh my God, I'm going, I see myself sitting on the couch eating potato chips all day, every day. Not one person I know has healed in that way. That their new life is constantly, you know, once they get their period back, whatever, is... I, I hate working out and I hate eating healthy. Not one person goes that way. They have found that in between. So I think there's that fear of if I let go, then all hell is going to break loose and I'm going to have no control over my life. And I'm just going to be a person who is like, you know, lazy and gluttonous. And that's not the reality. Like that is not the reality. The reality is one night I said, yes, let's go have pizza. And then the next night I made the meal I was going to make. Like that is, <laughs> that is the actual reality of where it goes. And you don't realize that even if before, if I had agreed and said, yes, let's order out or let's, let's go next door and have pizza. Um, the stress that would have been around that, how many pieces am I? I can't tell you how many pieces I ate. I have no idea. But before it would have been like, okay, I'm only going to have two pieces. I'm not going to have anything to drink, you know? all this other new rules would have been put in. Instead, there was absolutely zero thought and it was pure enjoyment. And I went back to what I was doing before. You know, it was, it's not this like life or death decision that we kind of, kind of make it out to be. Totally. And you know what else is funny? Two things with this, the, like the two slices of pizza limit. There was a time where you would potentially work that into your diet and feel like it's also still very restrictive and you'd be like well I can only have two pieces and then blah 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 the reality for many of us and you know what sometimes we will have a time where we're like three four pieces yeah but but the reality is you actually probably will still only stop at two when you have lifted that restrictive mindset you get the opportunity to be like oh I actually am full and I can have another one if I want but I really don't want want that and there's something about that restrictive mindset that makes you think that you want more and the other point to what you were saying is basically like that's already full circle back to what we said at the beginning of the show where we were like when you have been spent so long that nutrition and you know, accidentally getting a little bit too too, um, too ingrained in those habits, they don't go away. They don't, they like, you're, you do not suddenly become someone else. So take that as another plus side 
one of the good things that has come out of your journey is that, you know, that's not going to happen to you. Right. It's, I'm not seeing it. I, ta- I actually had a great call with a woman yesterday um, that's in our Facebook group. And, you know, th- that was her fear. She was like, I started following all this anti-diet culture and now I feel like I'm not doing this right. Um, and that's, I hate that. I hate that people feel like that. And she was like, you know, my husband and I really like, like healthy foods. That is how we, how we cook at home. And that's what we like. And it was like, yes, that's great. As long as the knowledge and the mindset is there that should I want dessert, I can have it instead of I have to eat this, right? Because that salad that you order is the same salad. But if you're ordering it from a, I can only order a salad, I cannot have everything else. Or, oh my God, it's been two weeks since I made myself a good salad. That sounds amazing. And ordering it, like it's the same food, but you're coming at it from totally different places. Totally different. Yeah. It's funny. There's almost like a a guilt for people um, in this community at the moment who are struggling to just shovel in foods because the fact is they actually just don't want those things. Right, right. They feel like they have to force it. And I think, you know, like you said, you know, there's so many times that you do eat three or four pieces that you do kind of get it wrong and overestimate. You're like, I'm so full, but showing yourself that, okay, that's going to happen. I'm going to get it wrong and I'm fine versus I cannot believe, okay, I'm going to totally restrict today because I overate instead of being like, turns out four pieces with too many. I'm going to like still eat breakfast at my normal time when I'm hungry. That's different things, right? You're learning from that. You're learning. You have to relearn your hunger cues because you've been suppressing them for so long, eating on a schedule, eating at these times, eating these foods, eating this much, cal- you know, this many calories on these days that I do this workout that when all that's gone, you know, it's comforting because these are rules that you follow, right? This is, this is the plan and this is how I follow it. Um, but when you lift that, you're like, do I know how to feed myself? And you have to like experiment with it and know that you'll get it wrong. You'll undereat one day and overeat one day and you're figuring it out. Um, but the more trust you put in your body, you're a grown woman. <laughs> the more trust you put in your body to tell you what it wants and where you're listening to it, the more it's going to trust you, right? And not go all crazy out of whack. You're not going to see as many cravings because you're not ignoring them. You're not going to be so hungry all the time because you're feeding yourself as soon as you are hungry. Cause it just gets louder and louder if you ignore it. Like we know that. <laughs> yeah, it really, and something I experienced was, was realizing that when there was these ebb and flows of times when I was really hungry and I did eat a lot and, you know, like every other person, I, I would have these feelings around the fact that that happened, but I started to realize and I think that I, I realized this while I was tracking to make sure I was eating enough food because oh. I was uh, – it, it just took some time for me. That was a tool I needed to do because I erred on the side of, like, finding ways to eat less. Uh-huh. So I was tracking my food and I realized that on days that I was really hungry and I ate more, a few days later I would consistently just not have that same appetite and I would – without any effort, you know, have just completely different hunger cues on different days that equaled a pretty standard pattern of the uh-huh. same kind of like, okay, well, if you're going to eat X amount this day, I, I've i noticed that I'm just not as hungry the following day, but I am really hungry again the next day. And this is, this is actually my 
just how I operate at the moment yes. during yes. this season. And that's okay. And isn't it interesting? I mean, and you think really interesting that your body just knows how much you want. I mean, you think about a toddler. I mean, I think about my two and a half year old and it's like applying that to him where I'm not worried about if he doesn't eat much. I'm like, well, tomorrow he's probably going to be real hungry or, you know, oh, well, you know, then I remember yesterday, you know, they say, even my pediatrician told me like, don't even look at it in the day, look at his food for the week. So when we apply that to ourselves of, yeah, you don't have to have perfectly balanced meals each meal of the day, but like, look at your week and look at the exercise you've been doing that week. And it's not a day to day. I mean, my God, on the days that I would, you know, do long runs for marathon training, I'd run 15 miles one day. Honestly, I wouldn't be that starving that day. The next day, really great. So if my God, if you're equating that to I'm not working out today. I'm not going to eat as much. That is when your body needs, it's making repairs from the crap you did the day before. So if you're not feeding it that next day, when you're hungry, it can't make those repairs. It doesn't trust you. It's going to hold on to everything. Just raising your cortisol. There's all these, there's, there's really no zero positive. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And it just makes sense, right? That every day is different your routine is different your mm-hmm. mood is different where you're at in your cycle is different. cycling my god think of what's going on internally with mm-hmm. your hormones to produce a healthy cycle it is crazy like think of just eating just for that <laughs> and then you're adding a run or then you're adding a power yoga class or then you're mentally stressed over something for work or a fight you had with a friend like it's all energy even if you're sitting there it's mental energy it's emotional energy um that we don't it's not as tangible as i got fifteen thousand steps so we kind of don't think about it (laughs) yeah people forget that energy in and energy out is just energy right like whether it's mental whether it's stress whether it's physical whether it's an injury healing versus yes. like actually doing a workout or all of these things it's really fun to start kind of checking in with your body and being like what did I do yesterday or today uh-huh. and how is that correlating with how I'm feeling today and I think it's fascinating to uh-huh. start connecting these patterns with what you've been doing and and then it, it's kind of like gives some context to hunger and what I'm actually yeah. eating for which isn't just Oh my like, God. Well, it's, when we talked earlier about, you know, okay, how, you know, saying like, this is what we do. This is how, um, you know, as women, how can we be our best and how can we be dedicated? And one is a perfect morning routine. I just wrote a post on this and, you know, like biohacking and that sucks all the fun, like experiment with it, see what works for you. But if all you're focused on is how can I optimize every single thing that I'm doing, that is exhausting. And it's not, enjoyable was the was the absolute best thing I can eat for breakfast it's like well what do I like eating for breakfast let's start there (laughs) and go from there but you want to enjoy I can't imagine just eating for the sake of what is the most optimal thing to put in my body because that sucks all of the fun and honestly what I eat is tends to be pretty healthy but it's be I'm going off of what I want and what I like Can we just be real for a second? Healthy food is so delicious. I know that there are some people, even myself included, who have had like orthorexic tendencies where there's this, uh, it's impossible to eat junk food. (laughs) 
and that's not who we're talking like there's a there's a bit of a different protocol there for those people where they're actively working in unhealthy foods but when you get to a point of balance the reality is vegetables are delicious healthy fats like avocado would take pesto pesto in a salad with like chicken thigh with skin on it and that kind of thing any day over like a frozen pizza pocket which tastes yeah. good. this is the reality we are not right mm. right you think and I think it's almost like you know when someone says like oh I like hate my job I just want to do nothing all day and it's like yeah that's gonna be fun for three days <laughs> then you'll be bored out of your freaking mind so same thing applies like okay you want to eat donuts and pizza all day how do it for two days and see honestly what your body is craving like really see that <laughs> because I mean your body just know I remember this is kind of a, I'll do a tangent here I went to an ice cream festival with my mom this was years ago and I mean oh, it was amazing it was in Chicago it was amazing it's ice cream and gelato and you get little samples and then we saw they had a pizza place that for like small slices of pizza and we're like why would you waste stomach space on pizza when you've got we're at an ice cream festival. Let me tell you, after an hour of being there, all just eating cream, nothing sounded better than carbs and pizza. It was like, oh, I'm not thinking. My body is like, please stop putting cream in me. <laughs> it will tell you that it needs some salt. It will tell you that it needs another form of food. And if you indulge in crap all day, after one day of it, you're not going to want it anymore. Mm -hmm. And we binge, people binge primarily because, because you're restricting, right? Think of any time you've, and maybe it's a true binge or maybe just, you know, people use binge really loosely. Maybe it's just yeah. even more than you intended. However, anytime that happens, what happened before that? Is it something that was off limits? It was something that you said, I'm not, I'm only going to have this on the weekend. Think of drinking alcohol okay, I'm only going to drink on the weekend. Do you go crazy on the weekend? Like, would it do you better to have a glass of wine on a Wednesday? And then it's not so, oh my God, it's finally Friday. I can finally have that glass of wine. It's like, well, just have it when you want it. And then you're not going to drink the whole bottle. Yeah. And to bring that point as well directly to HA recovery, when you, you know, do the sort of binge and restrict cycle, even in HA recovery, right, where you're like, today I'm going to eat tons and tons of junk food, then you make yourself a bit sick. And then the next day you don't eat as much because you genuinely cannot stomach it. And you're feeling a little bit like uh, of regret for doing that. Um, that's going to impact your recovery because that is a stress. Overeating yeah. is a stress to digest all of that. And not only to digest all of that food, but to digest all of that junk and have to have your body process it out of you. That is why, you know, coming in with, with this, okay, no foods are off limits. I'm going to eat what I feel like eating throughout the day. I'm going to focus as well as I can on balanced meals that have nutrient dense food in them. That's going to help with your appetite. That's going to ensure you're getting all of the minerals, vitamins, nutrients, and macronutrients that you need. And it's going to be non, not a stress on your body. It's going to be relaxing on yes. your body. Yes. I mean, I feel like anytime, like either in the group or just on calls that I'm with, 
anytime someone asks like, okay, how can I get, I feel like I'm still not eating enough, but it's hard for me to get these calories in. What do you suggest? I mean, my suggestion is never ice cream. It is, I mean, if that's what you want, eat it. But my suggestion is always peanut butter, adding nuts to salad, adding flaxseed, making sure you're having whole fat yogurt and your smoothies, mm-hmm. add coconut milk, olive oil, avocado, cook with more oil, cook with more butter. I mean, that is this very easy way to not feel huge and bloated yet meet the calorie goal that you, that you need to, to repair your body, to let your body trust you and to, but to not feel sick from it. I mean, just thinking of cooking with a little more butter, how many more calories that adds and you're not like, Oh my God, (laughs) I'm so stuffed because you added some more olive oil to whatever you're cooking. Exactly. And it also is like earlier we were talking about how, um, if you eat tons and tons of processed foods, you'll start to crave vegetables. Well, also, you know, focusing on including these good foods for you, it's not going to cause obsessive behavior around that. What will actually happen is you'll you'll kind of have more of a, oh, I kind of feel like something sweet because I've had all of this, like yeah. I've had all of these fats, I've had all of these, these carbs and um, like from vegetable sources. And I kind of am like craving a piece of cake or something. And then you go and you have that one piece of cake. It's kind of, it works both ways. And there's no, like, if I, if I go all in on this, I'm never going to eat like the other thing. Right. Right. It's not this. And we, we come from this all or nothing mindset is where it comes from, right. Of this. Okay. I was all or nothing with this. Now I'm all or nothing this way. It's still an all or nothing mindset. It's still, that is kind of the root of what you need to kind of get over. And how can my, the way I eat, the way I exercise, the way I live, how can it not be all or nothing? How can it be a little this, a little that, what I want? I mean, I went for a run today because I felt really good and energized and I had this amazing song on. So I was going faster than I normally do. And then I noticed like later in the run, I'd slowed down because I'd like gotten up a hill and it wasn't, I need to keep this pace or I should, you know, it wasn't that restriction. It was like, how do I feel? I feel amazing. So I'm going to run at this pace that feels good now. And then later I got more tired. So I slowed it down, but it was not calculated. It was just, this is how I feel like running. And it's the same with eating. You know, it's, whether it's amounts or, or the types of food. I mean, I love tortilla chips and I like didn't keep them in the house and I probably have them almost every day now, but it is not half a bag every day. And there is zero guilt for eating them. It is, I'll have, I don't know. I mean, maybe a handful. I don't know. I don't measure it out. I'll have some with Mm -hmm. some guacamole and salsa usually before, like with my lunch and it's very satisfying. And I've not once like, said or thought, oh my God, I can't believe I ate all those chips. Cause it hadn't gotten to that point. It is, I'm going to have a few <laughs> and they're always here if I want it. So it's not, so it's not like a temp, a temptation that's sitting there. It is, I have it when I want it. And okay, dude, this is, has been the fastest going podcast I've ever done. We're already like nearly out of time and I haven't gotten to almost a single question. It's going to be part one and then we'll have- <laughs> Might have to be because I actually have other questions right now that are not on this thing, but we'll I see. But- that. <laughs> All good. So another thing when you're talking about now, like uh, going and just having a few chips and not, not like feeling 
like every single time I want to go back and get more and I'm you know not you're not like gorging yourself every single day contrary to popular belief <laughs> in recovering from HA so one thing that happened for me and I'm interested in your perspective on this as someone who was an athlete and then had to make that really hard transition into HA recovery um when I and I also went through the situation of well, who am I going to be? What am I going to fill my time with? Exactly the same thing. So I was on the journey of figuring out what I'm going to spend my time with. And I found out that like all of the energy that I was putting into working out and training for my sport was not just consuming my all of my body's energy and all of my time, but also my ability to have interests in other things. And so I really was identifying so much with being an athlete. I was like, if I don't have this, I don't have anything else. So lo and behold, now after about a year and a half or so of like making that transition, I have a thriving artwork commission business. I love just drawing in general. And I have like so many new friends and people that are following me on my journey with that I have this podcast which is just so much fun um launching this new community I have just more of a social life with my friends and um and I'm reading more books and I just like I found all of these interests right and I've realized as well that when I have all of these interests these other things that bring me joy and relax me and are fun and creative to do I also am just thinking less about food and exercise and all of those things. And I think that when we're deep in our goal of like extreme weight loss and being the best athlete we can be or whatever, we just don't think about much else except that and food and what we can and can't have. But when you can, yeah, fill your time with these new things, that desire goes away. So sometimes I might go and get some chips and guac make myself, you know, an amount that sounds good. And I actually just don't go back and get more because A, I'm full and B, I'm like busy doing other things and thinking about other things. And my brain is no longer bringing me back into this cycle of like, hey, go get more food. Think about food. I only think about food when I really want food. So that's kind of my tangent. Took me a long time to tell that story. But but does that resonate with you? Do you work with athletes? Like what happens? Oh, I love that. I think that I put, I think I did a survey or something. I forget what form I did this. I think I did a survey in the group and I said, you know, what percentage um, of your time is spent focused or thinking about body, your, your body, mm-hmm. your, your fitness, every single person, you know, either gave me a high percentage or said too much. And I said, you know, how much do you wish? And everyone was like, way less. I shouldn't be thinking about this at all. And you're right. It's not just because on paper, even when I was, you know, marathon training was obviously more time, but I wasn't working out for four hours every day. It doesn't, you know, it wasn't this time. It wasn't just the time. It was my thoughts around it. It's your mental energy. It's your guilt around it. It's your planning. We're going out to eat tomorrow. So what does my food look like for the day? What does my activity look like? Can I rearrange things? None of that should have to happen. (laughs) And you know, I asked the question in this body positivity workshop I did. Um, I said, okay, you know, how would your life be different? How would it look if, if the time that you spent thinking about these things um, was less or more reasonable or where you want it to be? 
And someone said, I would be more present with my family. And it was like, oh my God, like that's huge. And like you said, you've met, it's opened up so many more doors and worlds for you. I mean, the same thing I feel like for me, it's, um, I think about much more interesting things. No one wants to hear, no one wants to hear about your workout plan. Like even runners, when we're running, we don't talk about running. We talk about other things. No one cares about your meal plan. No one wants to have an in-depth conversation about healthy swaps. Like no one gives a shit. <laughs> People are friends with you, right? People are not friends with you because you're like dedicated to your sport. People are not friends with you and they're not like, yeah, man, she is like always trading cauliflower rice for rice. Like, let me tell you about her, my awesome friend. It's like, no, oh God, talking about you because they're friends with you. Your partner is your partner. You're a great, you know, daughter, an aunt, a mom, what a friend because of everything except like your size and your workouts and what you eat. Like none of my text chains revolve around any of this stuff, right? It, none of it. That is not what's important. And so the more time you spend thinking about only that, the, you're just less interesting, to be honest. <laughs> and and you're, you're really like making a small life. I mean, that's why I say I help, you know, I hope it comes across, but I say I help women live a more vibrant life. And that means opening yourself up to all these other experiences that you've dulled and you've put on the back burner and you've ignored because you're so focused on this one thing that no one else cares about. That was a rant too. <laughs> I loved everything you said. Same person with the exact same opinion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yes. My mission is to help as many people with AJ as possible and create space in their lives to do things of more value or to do their bigger work and what they're meant to do like imagine if so um imagine if we could give someone so much more of their life back by taking this out of their life that they like won a nobel prize because (laughs) we focus their energy this is this is serious this is real how many of you are so consumed by how you look in the mirror or just by you know fear of what you're eating or whatever that you could be taking that mental energy and putting it into some of the greatest work you've ever done in your life oh my god I feel like it's that comparison trap when I see time and again in and a lot of other groups on Facebook of you know with HA recovery or getting pregnant after HA of <clears throat> as soon as someone says they got their period or they got pregnant it is what are your workouts like? How much did you weigh? How much did you gain? And it's like, I know what, I know why they're asking that. And they're asking that because they want to know how much they have to gain. And they are trying to compare to how long do I have to do this? What exactly do I have to do? And no one can tell you that. No one can tell you that. You don't know. But if you spend all of the energy you're putting into trying to figure out exactly the weight you're going to have to gain or exactly how long it will take, if you put that energy into finding something else to get into, leave those Facebook groups. <laughs> Don't be on them constantly. Be on another Facebook group for how to write a book. What are you into? Find another podcast, right? Listen to this because it's good information, but don't only listen to this. Like what else can you get into about? I shared in my group, was like something I like, I find cults fascinating. I will watch a documentary on 
why people join yeah. cults. It's so interesting. That's not like, hey, that's my thing. But that's another area that I'm going to like listen to and have a conversation about that has nothing to do with this. And the time that I'm spending talking about a different area of learning a new skill, like you said, drawing and your art, learning that skill, that's that's time you're not focused on what is your body doing and are you doing the right thing with it and how much have you eaten today? Has it been the right thing? Did you work out too much or too little? You'll find that balance when you're distracted with other things. And honestly, like the pregnancy and having a toddler, like my period came back when my kid was like almost one and a half because guess mm-hmm. what my distraction is, right? <laughs> I'm that not- happens a lot. That happens a lot. <laughs> yes, because you're you're opened up to these whole other things that I'm reading about sleep training and I'm reading about feeding him and I'm more into other things that have nothing to do with with my body and feeding myself and my workouts it's just happening in the background yeah and what you said as well about um people don't care about (laughs) your like workouts and health and swaps and shit was also like something that I've thought deeply about too um which is yeah, when I was deep in that and putting all of my energy and focus in that, no one was thanking me. No one was reaching out in the DMs like, hey, thanks for everything you do for like yourself. That's what was happening. But but since I started making body positive artwork, since I started talking about this subject, mold like people all the time, guys. I love it when you message me and say like, thank you for what you're doing here or thank you for making this artwork. And like, it's really helping me. And I'd never experienced that ever before until I recovered my period and started like finding what was important to me. And not everyone's, you know, path is then to like become an advocate for HA recovery, but everyone's path is elsewhere. 100%. Somewhere else. Exactly. And I, you're right. Cause I was coaching on before I was doing health coaching, but it was more what you think of. I almost think of what I do now is like reverse health coaching and it's more mind because it's way more mindset. It's all, it's all mindset, but I wasn't getting those emails after a discovery call and say, thank you. I mean, I had someone like two days ago, you know, it was just a 30 minute call to see if we vibed and how I could help her that day. And, you know, she said, I feel so much better after talking to you than before I made this call. And like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. It's like, okay. And I wasn't getting those messages before, but now that it's like this truth um, that I found for my own life, but I think this truth that needs to be kind of spoken to is, you know, not the other extreme of this is how you do it. It was more finding, let me, let me help you find a way that makes sense for you. And what does that look like for you right now? And what is your timeline? Everyone's timeline is different with this, you know, and getting comfortable. I think the biggest thing is getting comfortable with the unknown It is very unsettling and is very scary to not know whether it's getting your period back, whether it's getting pregnant. Um, And I say I don't only work with HA because you can definitely have this obsessive mindset around health and fitness and totally have a regular period does that mean it's okay no if you are have if what i'm saying right now is resonating of i spend too much time thinking about this i feel like i'm very restrictive and i am very rigid and don't have the flexibility but yeah i have a regular cycle i want to help you get out of that because that's not that's still not healthy you could totally get your period back but not heal the mindset and you're not recovered like that's a piece of it. 
the period. It's totally, and that's why I say it's more mindset coaching because it is getting comfortable with going on a spontaneous weekend trip. And instead of being like, well, how am I going to make up for that 9 a.m. gym class I always go to? Instead of that, being like, oh my God, yes, let's go camping this weekend. I know. I know. I mean, just allowing life to program in your workout deloads, man. I love it. Basically, we say this every on every podcast, I feel like I say in one way or another. Getting your period back, the protocol is actually usually typically quite simple. It's the mental part mm-hmm. that is really, really hard. Like, we are totally almost out of time. I need to be able to give you a couple of minutes to talk about where people can find you, what you can do for them, tell them about your Facebook group and everything. And then, guys, we didn't get to any of the questions on <laughs> on my document. So we're probably going to have to do a part two. And I will send you links. I'm sure you can put them in the, in the episode. Um, But my website is simplywellcoaching.com. So I work one-on-one with women. I do a, I offer a 90 minute, um, I call a cycle up breakthrough. And that is just a 90 minute intensive. We'll go deep into the, your history of, you know, kind of what we talked about today, how I told my kind of timeline, where you are, where you are now, um, and where you want to be. That's my biggest focus of where do you want to be and how can we form a strategic plan to help help you get there in a way that's comfortable for you. Um, so that's just a 90 minute and then you get a full week of um, contact through, through Voxer to make sure it's kind of working. Um, or I do a 12 week one-on-one like coaching, right? It is every week we talk for an hour on Zoom and just go through what's hard that week, what's working that week, mm-hmm. what can we, what small goal can we set to kind of get you closer to that life you want to live? Um, but my Facebook group is is totally free. It's a private community. Um, it is, I had at first named it Recover Your Period, but as we were talking about today, it's so much like that is just one little bit. Um, so now it's called Fitness Without Obsession. And also I'll put a link for that. Um, but it is full of these conversations that we're having now. I go live minimum once a week to answer questions. Um, so just some free kind of mini coaching. And I always have prompts in there. Um, you know, and I'll ask things like, you know, you have to pick, okay, mountains or beach, go. Because I don't want to only talk about how to get your period back. I don't only want to talk about exercise and and food. I want to talk about who are you? I want these women to know each other. They are so supportive. I'm so proud of this community that it's it's growing. I didn't even start it that long ago, but I love when I see someone answer a question and three other women support mm-hmm. them and and give their feedback and it's just been the most kind of supportive thing that I've that I've created. So I'm really proud of that. Um I'm on Instagram. It's at simply while coaching. And this is all the stuff we talked about is what I'm posting about. So (laughs) if you like what I'm saying, then definitely follow me on there. Um, Yeah, I think that's about, that's about it. But yeah, just reach out, you know, DM me if you want to, if you want to (laughs) vent. I'm good at venting. Totally. Thank you so much. I will link to all of those things in the show notes, guys. Samantha, thank you very, very much for joining us. For like four hours. That was amazing. <laughs> it's like one hour just scratches the surface. Right. Sometimes. Exactly. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. And everyone have an amazing day. Thanks for listening today. And if you want to get involved in the conversation with me, with other amazing women, just like the ones that you hear on the show, I recommend you get on the waitlist for the HA Society. It opens on 
the new moon of every single month. So if you're not on the waitlist, go to the show notes or just head to waitlist.thasociety.com or thasociety.com or wherever you want to go and join on that waitlist. And whilst I have you here, I think it would be amazing if you were left a review for this podcast rate and review the podcast it helps give me clout allows me to get more badass guests on the show and helps other women just like you find the podcast more easily when they're searching around the internet all confused why they don't have period and it can help them find us in our little community that we have right here okay i love you have a good one